very warm welcome to the Producing Healthy Salmon podcast. I'm Ben Garth, Key Account Manager at MSD Animal Health UK. Whether you're a salmon farmer or work in the aquaculture sector, this is the place to get the latest information, industry insights and practical advice on salmon production and fish health. Sustainability is a subject that's been on most people's agendas recently, particularly with the recent COP26 event. So in today's episode, we speak to Tavish Scott, Chief Executive at Salmon Scotland, to hear about the importance of sustainability in the Scottish salmon sector. You may remember back in 2020, Salmon Scotland launched A Better Future for Us All, the sustainability charter which is centred around the ambition for Scottish salmon to be a world-leading, responsible and sustainable source of nutritious food. So for the second part of the podcast, we speak to Lindsay Pollock, Head of Sustainability at Salmon Scotland, about the progress that's been made towards the Charter one year on. For nearly three decades, COP has been an opportunity for the UN to bring countries together to discuss climate change. But in recent years, there's been a growing public interest around the topic. Agriculture is an important part of the climate change solution, and the UK has already embarked on an ambitious target to become more sustainable. We're delighted to be joined by Tavish Scott, Chief Executive at Salmon Scotland, to hear how UK salmon producers have been striving towards a more sustainable future. Thanks for joining us, Tavish. You're welcome. So has sustainability always been an important focus for the Scottish salmon sector? Well, Ben, I was thinking by the way you introduced the item today, uh, referencing the fact that COP has been going on for three decades, that it just doesn't seem that long ago that the Rio Declaration uh, from one of those very early COPs was all about think local, act global. Uh, and nothing really has changed, has it? I mean, we've just brought another tens and tens of thousands more delegates to Glasgow to uh, to think about the future of the of the planet and, and what we need to know. And what really came out of COP from I think from an aquaculture perspective was a recognition that 70% of the world is the ocean and feeding the world is going to depend on the ocean. And aquaculture, salmon farming in Scotland is going to be front and centre to that, as indeed will the protein production through salmon uh, salmon farming um, the world over. Uh, Is sustainability part of that? 100%. I don't think any sector of, of, uh, of food production, never mind any industry in the world now, can possibly ignore the requirement to be part of the greenhouse gas emissions targets that the United Nations is setting, that national governments are setting, and indeed all levels of government are rightly looking at. So we're very focused on that and indeed have been for some time because we actually produced our sustainability charter looking at how we can fulfil our greenhouse gas emissions targets um, last year. And COP was for us the first um, uh, anniversary of that and an opportunity to reflect and report on what we've done and what we need to do in 2022 and um, the years thereafter. Okay, great. And do you think with all these proposed changes with COP that uh, the salmon producers are jumping on board and embracing these changes? Yes, I do. I think the making sure that we are part of uh, the, the solution to helping feed the world is uh, an essential place to be. Uh, what we, of course, know uh, because consumers are ever more discerning about where they buy their protein, buy their their fish, is that we need to be uh, entirely transparent about our processes, entirely transparent about how we look after our fish uh, and and our place in the marine environment, whether it's uh, all the way up the west coast of Scotland, around the Hebrides, up to Orkney and Shetland, and uh, making sure that in doing that, we invite people to visit sea farms, that uh, whether they work for supermarkets, retailers, the regulators we have to uh, deal with, uh, or indeed um, supply chain companies and, and others who are involved in our sector. 
And to my mind, the best way to demonstrate sustainability is to talk about it on a sea farm or at a hatchery or at our other our other parts of our operations that we have all across Scotland. And that helps to, to foment a, a proper, uh, robust discussion, but based on facts, evidence and science, because that is at the heart of the sustainability challenge. Yes, I completely agree. And it's interesting you touched on the interest of the public with the fish health and welfare, how it plays an important part. How do you feel that the salmon farming sector is approaching the health of management to support its sustainability ambitions? Well, I would say that uh, fish farmers look after their fish first, second and third. You know, it is the absolute priority. After all, a healthy fish, a growing fish is a is a happy fish and vice versa. So the, the important thing to remember and, you know, the wider public listening to your podcast would, I'm sure, reflect on this is if you have a dog at home or a cat at home, or if you run a farm, or if you run anything to do with animals, or have any um, connection to people who work with animals day in, day out, is the better you look after them, the more you look after them um, in that considered and best way, then the better they are, the healthier they are, the more they look after themselves. And uh, I think uh, I know that every fish farmer in Scotland's single objective, single most important objective is to look after their fish as well as they possibly can. Now, that is at the heart of our sustainability charter. It is at the heart of everything we do as businesses, and it is at the heart of all the supply chain companies that we work with in making sure that our fish are, are healthy because great fish mean a great final product that ends up on the dinner plates whether it's in Edinburgh or London or Paris or around the world and that's uh, core to what we do but at, the, at its centre is your question which is the sustainability challenge is being ever better at fish health and that's what we're determined to do. Yeah, great. And how are you collaborating with the sector to roll out the importance of fish health? Our businesses obviously work very closely with a range of supply sector organisations across all the disciplines that uh, they need to produce great fish, and that and that is uh, that's always been. I, I would I would argue that the sustainability charter that we've produced, the the sustainability objectives that we're all um, very focused on now as businesses have have been front and centre of, of how we've operated for many, many years. I suspect there's much more focus on uh, that word sustainability now in the public discourse, and that's a good thing. And after, uh, you you know, you can only but walk into a supermarket or into a, I was going to say a fishmonger, there aren't sadly many fishmongers left in, <laughs> in the UK, but it, but when you could walk into them, I suspect the word sustainability is, is all over that as well, because after all, look at how we find our feed for our fish farms uh, and feed our fish. The feed that we produce, or rather the supply companies produce, comes from 100% certifiable uh, resources. In other words, we know where um, that feed comes from and how it's produced and and how that diet is made up in order to feed our fish sensibly. Why do we know that? Well, we need to know that to be to be sensible and responsible businesses but we also need to know that because our whole supply chain needs to be allied to that as does of course the supermarket trade and those who buy our fish so i would argue that the ever increasing transparency and focus on for example um, the feed content in how we grow salmon is as important to the consumer as it is to a fish farmer and that's why um, resourcing ethically, resourcing correctly, resourcing responsibly, and only from sources of the marine diet that are that are sustainable is one example of how we work with our, with our whole supply chain to make sure that when we're delivering the final product to the consumer, it's done in a way in which that consumer would expect it to be done. 
Okay, great. That's really interesting. Drawing it back to COP26, do you think the fish industry was sufficiently represented there? There's a good question, Ben. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I, I, you know, There was an awful lot of focus, was there not, on the ocean and on the world's oceans. We played a, a small part in, in representing our sector at COP26 in Glasgow. Uh, we had a, a, a presence there in a number of events. And I know some of my colleagues, for example, in the wider food and drink chain were, were involved in exhibitions and other events in both the blue and the green zone. <laughs> it was Fort Knox after all. I mean, it wasn't as if we could all just walk in and speak to heads of government. You had more chance of standing on the M8 and waving to Joe Biden as the motorcade went past than, as you, than you did actually meeting anyone. But um, that's the nature of these COP events. They're, you know, the heads of government sweep in for two days, um, eat dinner together, do their press release, make their three-minute speech, and then they're away again. What you hope is that that this, any sector, and certainly the, the, the seafood sector, um, has its role in impacting on the delegates who are around in Glasgow and that they see us as part of the solution. And I'm always helped enormously in that thinking by the United Nations when they keep pointing out that seafood is and has to be part of feeding an ever-growing worldwide population. And as long as we are driving hard on our sustainability charter and working really hard on the uh, charter's clear commitments on greenhouse gas emissions, I think we're part of that solution. Uh, great. Well, it's great to hear that we managed to get some presence at COP26 for the industry. So finally, I'd like to ask you, what's next on the sector's sustainable development journey for you? The key n- next uh, j- part of this important journey for us is that I think the wider supply chain. So we have a very strong commitment now across our producer companies, the men and women who are day-to-day on farms growing fish, and all the people who support them in, in doing that right across these organisations. But the part that we need to, I think, work harder on is with our extended supply chain. We have, what, two and a half thousand businesses who, one way or another, are part of the 12,000 people who work in the salmon sector in Scotland, and indeed across the UK, because the logistics chain, obviously, is UK wide. And they are every bit as important to us as a trade body to to Salmon Scotland, as is the producing companies themselves. So what I think is very exciting is the potential to have this kind of discussion, not just with you today, Ben, but with lots of people across our supply chain, so as to make sure that we're all pointing in the same direction, that when we talk to, for example, a company who make nets for our sea pens or who produce pens themselves or any other part of our fish farming process, we talk to them too about their challenges on sustainability, what we need to do together on sustainability, so that we can demonstrate again to that consumer, who after all is the final determining factor in in what we do, that it's not just how we grow our fish and how we look after our fish and the, the emphasis we place on fish health, but also on the companies who help us do that. That is an ongoing journey for all of us. It's a very exciting journey, but I think in demonstrating to government, to regulators, and ultimately, of course, to the consumer that we're doing it correctly, then that's the part that we need to work hardest on over these coming years. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. It's been very interesting to talk to you and it's very interesting to hear how bringing the sector together in a sort of united front and the work that's been going on has been incredibly interesting. So thank you very much. Not at all. You're welcome. Proving that sustainability really is at the heart of Salmon Scotland. Last year, they unveiled an ambitious charter committing the sector to achieving net zero greenhouse gases before 2045, becoming 100% reliable on renewable energy and working towards 100% reusable, recyclable or biodegradable materials in packaging. As well as this, the charter sets out the sector's actions to meet high standards of health, fish and welfare throughout the life cycle. Joining us today is someone tasked with driving the sector forward to deliver on these pledges, Lindsay Pollock, Head of Sustainability at Salmon Scotland. Thanks for talking to us today. 
Thank you. Could you kick start with a bit of an overview about the Sustainability Charter? So the Sustainability Charter was launched in 2020 and we know as a sector that sustainability really needs to underpin everything we do from the way that we care for our fish to protecting the local environment right through to sourcing our feed responsibly and developing people that work in the sector and listening to communities. We're really fortunate in you know, the way that we, we work and live in some of the country's most beautiful locations and inspired really on a daily basis to play our part ensuring that it will stay that way for generations to come. Um, and we want to be attractive um, as a sector for people that want to come and work on producing high quality Scottish salmon in a sustainable way. So the Sustainability Charter really sets out our intention as a sector it's anchored around five key pledges around applying the high standards of animal welfare, minimising our impact and ensuring a healthy environment, producing healthy, nutritious food that's traceable every step of the way. And we want to be the sector of choice for people looking to make a positive difference and be good neighbours in every way, having a positive social impact. Under these pledges, we made 41 individual actions that we're going to take forward now as a sector. And why were these five pledges chosen? We really see them as the, the key pillars of sustainability in our sector, and they were identified as the, the core parts of that picture. Um, animal welfare is at the heart of everything that we're doing, producing thriving, healthy fish. Efficiently producing fish that perform well, really, in a farming system is really key to, to maximising efficiencies. And that's got a number of benefits in terms of the sustainability metrics we use to measure our performance. We also want to minimise our impact on the environment. And, and we also want to make sure that we continue producing healthy, nutritious and traceable foods to continue to deliver the, the quality and provenance that Scottish salmon is known for. It's also important that we're viewed as a, a sector of choice for talented people that, that want to make a difference. And we want to continue to be good neighbours for communities. Okay, great. Yeah, I think you, you touched on it when you sort of think about the sustainability charter and then you look at the locations of the sites out in the coast of the West Coast or on the Highland. It's just incredible scenery and you can see why sustainability is so important and how easy it is to put that message across. How has the commitment been received by the wider UK salmon sector? Well, as I mentioned, um, sustainability is really at the heart of everything we do. And it's been very well received by the sector. After all, they were involved in, in really generating um, all of the, the pledges and actions that, that came together in this charter. So it's something that everybody has um, got on board with. Um, but beyond the actual salmon producers themselves, we've had very positive feedback from, from other places in the value chain. They see the value in having um, our commitment set out like this. It, it really speaks to where a number of people in the value chain are in terms of making their own commitments around about sustainability. Um, so it's, it's very much aligned with, uh, with where people uh, want to, to be now and also where they want to be come 2045. Yeah, sure. What do you feel your role at Salmon Scotland is in terms of helping producers and the wider sector become more sustainable? Well, my role at Salmon Scotland is really to help the sector collectively achieve what's been committed in the Charter. It's a long-term vision and it covers not just the headline stories about reducing greenhouse gas emissions, for example, but it's a broad sustainability agenda. So we've got a lot of work to do across the piece um, as a sector on those five pledges. 
So for me, my key role will be creating that roadmap with the people in the sector and how we're going to get there and helping de-bottleneck some of the, the challenges that we're going to meet. Part of that will be, be setting up the roadmap, but also helping everybody measure the, the progress that we're making collectively as a sector to towards the delivery of the charter. Okay. Do you think it's also important that the UK salmon sector is recognised for all the fantastic work it's already done to become one of the most sustainable food sources in the country? Yes, I think it is important and there is a growing recognition that salmon is a sustainable source of protein production. We have a good sustainability story to tell and we're starting to see that recognised and, and through some peer-reviewed papers, for example, the Environmental Performance of Blue Foods, which was recently published. And what that tells is the story of salmon, even though it is a fed aquaculture species, it shows that it's extremely efficient in converting the feed that it's fed into high quality protein. And it's an excellent source of EPA, DHA micronutrients. What that paper shows is that salmon has a relatively low CO2 equivalence emissions per kilo as well as being a very efficient water user and very low land use per kilo as well. So there are some strong environmental uh, sustainability credentials there that I think there is a growing awareness that choosing food such as salmon is actually a, a good choice for the environmental footprint of the food that you consume. Great. Some of your aims, like working towards 100% reusable, recyclable or biodegradable materials and packaging, Obviously, they depend very much on other areas of the supply chain. How are you all ensuring collaborative work to achieve this? So you're right, this does depend on other areas of the supply chain um, as well. It's important that we work together with, with key stakeholders here, both people that are producing packaging, uh, people that are transporting, um, holding goods, cold storage facilities, box manufacturers and retailers as well. So there are a number of initiatives that are ongoing looking at how we can achieve this, this target of 100% reusable, recyclable or biodegradable materials. But it does take everyone to work together um, and having the right type of packaging for the, the journey that the, the fish needs to undergo to, to make its way to market is key. It's not an easy fix and this is going to be a, a thing where we need ongoing work with a number of people in the value chain to make this happen. Around the time of COP26, you released a report detailing what progress had been made in the first year of the Charter. Could you talk us through some of the key achievements? Yeah, so um, one of the first things we did was relaunch the Farmed Fish Health Framework and that established standardised reporting on the causes of mortality and it helps focus activities delivering the greatest improvements. We've also got a project underway looking at mitigating the effects of harmful algal blooms. We also completed a revision of the Scottish technical standard for fin fish aquaculture. But we're also seeing continued investment in RAS systems and freshwater. One of our members had the first trial of a hybrid powered barge looking to reduce dependency on, on diesel. We have a marine debris recovery initiative which has been launched. So anyone that spots any marine litter that they think may have originated from a fish farm can, can log that and it will be recovered. We completed our nutritional analysis and we had the first part of our environmental baseline completed. That was some of the work that has been done in the first year. There is also um, a number of salmon farmers that are actively pursuing schemes and partnerships to improve the provision of high quality affordable homes in rural areas. That's really interesting. So we're actually making a lot of leaps and strides in all these different parts of the sector. 
Has there anything that's been particularly challenging or not gone as well as you thought? It's still fairly early days in terms of the implementation phase of the charter. Um, and I think it's fair to say that some of the work streams that we'd intended to start have been delayed because of the restrictions placed around us with COVID ongoing. But we hope that will all start to come good as we move into 2022. So within the actual actions under the pledges, there's a number of things that are you know, clearly longer term initiatives that will take some time to to start bearing fruit. But there are some shorter term initiatives that, that will be easier to, to move forward with and hopefully be able to report our progress in the near future. And what are the aims for the next 12 months? So the, the next 12 months is really going to see us completing the environmental baseline work that we need to start on GHG emissions and some other parameters. But also, as I mentioned, they're setting up some of the, the key charter work streams and really having greater engagement now with our stakeholders, including more community engagement as we move forward. And we've entered a period now of regulatory reform for the sector, so we'll have to see how that looks once all the details of that become clearer. Yeah, that's interesting. So how can people get involved and support? Well, we're committed to having wider engagement with as many stakeholders as possible um, from a range of different backgrounds. And that can be within the salmon sector, but also um, from other sectors uh, beyond salmon. And also from a lot further afield than just the, the areas where we produce fish, we realise that our supply chain touches across many parts of Scotland beyond the, the rural communities where we produce our salmon. So it's, it's important for us to engage with, with as many stakeholders as possible throughout the whole value chain. I touched on a point about community engagement earlier. Um, we're very keen to have better community engagement and we will refresh our community engagement charter as part of our journey in the next year. That's great. And finally, net zero by 2045 is a big commitment. Do you think we'll manage to do it? Yes, I do. And I think we're moving in the right direction already. It is certainly a longer term vision and it is going to require a lot of investment and innovation to get there. And we might not have all the answers right now, but we're certainly developing insights and we're taking actions to reduce GHG emissions across the piece at the moment. So I believe really in the fullness of time that more and more solutions will come forward to help us achieve this goal. Well, that's great. Thank you very much, Lindsay. It's really interesting to hear your insights and we look forward to seeing how it all develops over the next year. Thanks very much. And just like that, we've finished the episode of Producing Healthy Salmon podcast. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe on your chosen platform and follow us on LinkedIn for regular industry updates and information. See you next time. Music.